0: This is the Best of Daily Devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. John chapter 4, journey on in the story because Jesus was not just stopping here by offering her some sort of better glass of water. So let's read on. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You said, Well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Jesus now abruptly changes the tone of the conversation. Now, so far, their talk had been... Well, somewhat cryptic, spiritual, and maybe even philosophical in nature. But as with all of us, sooner or later, our spiritual journey must find feet, gang. Sooner or later. It all has to get real. And it was clear that before this woman could have this eternal water, she had to understand her thirst. A thirst which cause, which was caused by a fallen nature. Thirst caused by sin now it's important to note here that jesus already knew all about her he had in fact known her well before she was even born he knew every sin she had ever committed and yet there he stood just the same he had not abandoned her she was not simply written off and thankfully neither is any of us the journey to this water was not and is not through effort or work. No, it comes through the acknowledgement of sin. Through the concession and perhaps even the confession that I am a sinner. That you are a sinner. Now, Jesus knew this about this woman. He knows it about you. Did she understand? Do you only those who know themselves to be lost can be saved. Please notice that Jesus didn't handle this situation with a sword, but rather with a scalpel. Gently and carefully, he brought her sin into the light of day. She had to turn the corner from understanding the want for this water to the need for this water. And Jesus. Does what he does for all of us. He brought her to the threshold. But now, now it was her move. Verse 20 Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Now, realizing finally that Jesus was speaking of spiritual things, the thoughts of this woman began to turn toward the sacred and divine yet still only within the context of her understanding. Hers was one of religion and process, for she knew nothing about redemption and relationship. She was like the individual today who suddenly realizes his or her life is messed up and thinks, oh well, I I better go to church, I better get right with God. But the answer was not in religion, just as ours is not. After all, religion will not solve the problem for anyone. Ritual will leave you as empty as it has for all of its followers over hundreds of years. What you need, what I need, is more than just to feel okay. We must have forgiveness in relationship with God. We must have restoration. Now, religion, it certainly has been Satan's most successful blinder throughout the years one to keep people pacified and fixated upon self-renovation and jumping through the hoops. Maybe Karl Marx was not so far off when he said religion is the opiate of the people. Now this woman herein launches into a coffee talk conversation about religion with this stranger she met well at the proverbial bus stop in her life. There are many who carry on such conversation with you. And they will talk religion, mostly so that you won't talk Jesus. They will speak of church and silly theological inconsequentials to keep you from bringing up the matter of Jesus and being born again. They'll dance all around the parameters to avoid the heart of the issue. But Jesus... Jesus was not so easily sidetracked. In verse 21, he goes on, Jesus says to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Now Jesus prophetically spoke of a time in which the people would no longer need to go to some location, some place to find God. He would instead reside inside each one of us we would essentially become his living temples. And all the feasts and the sacrifices and temples and religious seasons, they would all pass away. In two to three years from that day Jesus spoke, the temple curtain separating man from the Holy of Holies, the dwelling place of God, would be torn from top to bottom. It would be then that Jesus would utter those last words, It is finished. And indeed, it would be. Religion would be no more. Jesus with the final and eternal sacrifice, so there would be no more separation between God and this woman. Now her mediator had come, and he was in fact standing right in front of her. Verse 22 says, you worship that which you don't know. We worship that which we know, the salvation is from the Jews. But the hour comes, verse 23, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father seeks such to be His worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Notice the phrase, worship God in spirit and truth, that's important in our emotion-based greater church today. In this me-first culture, well, truth has been forced into the back seat, and emotionalism, in the guise of the Spirit, he has come out roaring to take the point. And because of such, we're now often guilty of that same stumbling stone the Jews in Paul's day suffered from. Remember, quote, having zeal without knowledge, end quote. Oh, we can sing the songs. We can participate in church life and generally go through all the aspects of faith life. But if we do not walk in the truth of God's word, we will eventually fail. Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. So let us resist the temptation to rewrite scripture to allow for our flesh or some sort of new world thinking. There are those today who want to promote a broad religious ecumenical ideal, one that says, well, all religions are equally valid. But such thinking was not and is not that of our Lord. He gently but firmly and clearly corrects this woman in her attempt to validate herself. No, only the narrow path will take you where you need to go. Only through the gate of Jesus will you find eternal and abundant life. Verse 25 says, A woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he is come, he will declare to us all things. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who speaks to you. Now we need to know that historically, even the Samaritans had a hope for a coming Messiah a savior-redeemer, if you will, who would rescue them from the bondage of sin. We can change the language in any way that we want, but the bottom line still remains. We are all, in truth, looking for someone to rescue us from this mess we live in. But it will not be our doing or on our terms, for we are the surrenderer. We do not get to dictate the conditions. I am he, the one who speaks to you. Man, can you imagine that moment? Those words could have been said with the quietest and gentlest voice and it still would have thundered to the depths of her soul. They are the kind of words that make your knees buckle and your heart jump to your throat. Can you fathom being in those shoes that day? Can you fathom being in those same shoes one day before the Lord, you know, the day when the one who stands before you says, I who speak to you, am he. Now, please note the original language does not contain the word he. Strictest rendering of his words would be as follows. I am is speaking to you. In this, Jesus took upon himself one of the clearest names of God. The name I Am. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.